Turn with me to the 15th chapter of the book of Acts. Actually, we'll be in chapter 15 and 16 uh, today. Just the latter part of chapter 15. I want to speak to you and share with you today um, from this passage that speaks so greatly to um, an issue that uh, all of us deal with, actually, and uh, some maybe more so than others. But nevertheless, as, as Christians, uh, we deal with it um, perhaps more often than we would like. And, um, and, and maybe we think that because we're Christian uh, and we're in a church, uh, part of a church family, that it really ought not be. It, it just, uh, we, we may think or may have the idea or somebody told us at some time that's, uh, that's unchristian. And, and that, that is disagreements. Uh, now, you've, you've probably heard me say that if, if you're in a room with 11 Baptists, you have at least 20 different opinions. And, and that's, that's pretty much true. Uh, over 50 years of ministry, uh, I can testify uh, to that very vividly. But the, but the truth of the matter is that we have differences. Uh, God did not make us alike. I mean, I don't know if you've noticed that uh, particularly lately. Uh, if you've really taken time to look in the mirror. If you look in the mirror, we don't look the same. Now, we may look very similar. My wife is a twin, and uh, they look very similar. Uh, I only mistook them one time uh, while we were uh, going together, and not long after we were going together, we had uh, we were out uh, at the lake swimming, and and uh, I had come late, and uh, so I saw her out there, and and uh, so I changed my clothes and jumped in the water and swam out to where she was. Got out there and started talking with her, and only to find out that was not her. <laughs> and uh, and that that was a very interesting note. Uh, but that was the last time that I mistook her for her twin sister. Uh, my oldest brother and I look very much alike. You could possibly mistake us. <laughs> uh, so many people do. Uh, mistake him for me and me for him. Uh, in fact, it was happening so often, his wife uh, bought us hats that say and, and read on the front, I'm Don, not John, and I'm John, not Don. The funny thing was we changed hats <laughs> and uh, uh, had an interesting time with that. But be that as it may, we're, I'm talking about differences. Um, differences of opinion, um, disagreements, 
uh, arguments. And, and listen, let me, let me just say something uh, to all of us. Uh, particularly if you're a husband and wife, and, and you tell me uh, you've never had an argument. One of you is lying. <laughs> uh, my wife and I have just celebrated, uh, in fact, this, this past Monday, our 53rd wedding anniversary. And um, we, are, we are grateful for that. And uh, after 53 years, I can again testify. We've had many arguments and many disagreements. And... Um, uh, we've had our troubles, our ups and downs, and ins and outs, and uh, uh, never would I tell anybody that, uh, that we've never had a disagreement. Um, I love her dearly and more today than, than I did when I fell in love with her and we got married, but still, we've had our disagreements and uh, arguments, and uh, still do, because we're not the same. God did not make us the same. Now, uh, after 53 years, we are more alike than we were when we got married. But uh, we still have those disagreements. They're going to come. They are there. Lest you think that is true, read along with me in chapter 15, verses 36 and following. And in honor of God's word, would you stand with me for the reading of God's word if you can? Then after some days, Paul said to Barnabas, Let us now go back and visit our brethren in every city where we have preached the word of the Lord and see how they are doing. Now Barnabas was determined to take with them John called Mark. By the way, um, John Mark was Barnabas' nephew. But Paul insisted that they should not take with them the one who had departed from them in Pamphylia and had not gone with them to the work. Then the contention became so sharp that they parted from one another. And so Barnabas took Mark and sailed to Cyprus. But Paul chose Silas and departed, being commended by the brethren of the great, to the grace of God, and he went through Syria and Cilicia, strengthening the churches. Pray with me. Father, we are grateful to know that even in your word, Lord, you deal with disagreements, contention, arguments. And Lord, you give us a pathway in which to deal with these but also, you give us a command to love one another and continue to love one another. Lord God, we pray that you would open our minds and our hearts to be receptive of your message and your speaking to us today through your word and through your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, and you may be seated. What we see in these closing verses of chapter 15 are two strong-willed and determined personalities. Godly, to be sure, 
disagree. Paul and Barnabas. We need to get out of the understanding that churches don't have disagreements because we know they do, because we've seen so many of them split over the years. Now, I contend, it's, it's, it is my uh, humble but right understanding, a thought that God uses those splits, if you please, to spread the gospel more so than if they were to stay together. Now, that's not always true. I'm, I'm, I'm not saying that every one of them, but I am saying that God uses them in times and at times to enable the people to get out of the ivory towers. The problem is that generally those splits become the same way that they were when they were together before they split anyway. And that's a problem. And some of them just simply go down the wrong path altogether. In this issue, as we look at Paul and Barnabas, I want us to understand that we as a people, we as Christians and individuals, God has given us minds of our own, thoughts of our own, personalities of our own. And they do not change unless we determine to change them. And we'll see that as well. So, look at the issue in verses 36 and 37. The issue of contention. After some days, Paul said to Barnabas, let's go back and visit the churches that we've been to and we've preached the gospel there. We've started some and see how they're doing. Now, that's a Don Cashwell paraphrase, but that's essentially what Paul said. Now, Barnabas was determined to take with them John called Mark. Verse 38, but Paul insisted that they should not take with them the one who had departed from them in Pamphylia and had not gone with them to the work. Barnabas and Paul determined, determined this was their personality. This was his personality and Paul's personality. Barnabas, the son of encouragement. That was, that's what his name means. Son of encouragement. And, and, son of encouragement was determined to take with them John Mark, his nephew. Well, back in Acts 13, John Mark left Barnabas and Paul and went back home. Went back home because he missed home. The work was too hard. Whatever the reason, he left the mission journey with Paul and Barnabas. And most of us think, my goodness, wouldn't it be so good to, to, to just spend a day with, Bar, uh, with Paul? My goodness, wouldn't it be good to be able to go on a missionary journey with Paul? Wouldn't it be good to have Paul travel with you on your next missionary journey? But look, Barnabas was determined to take him, John Mark. Paul was just as determined not to take him. Two views, 
Barnabas wanted to take him. Paul didn't. In fact, the Bible says Barnabas was determined to take him. In other words, (laughs) Barnabas was going to take him or else. And that's or else took place. Well, who was right and who was wrong in this? Because that's, that's what we always bring it down to, isn't it? Well, who's right and who's wrong in this argument? Now, I, I don't want you to think that, that we have never had a disagreement in this church or any other church that I've been a part of. We have. Uh, some we've had great contention over. There's always two views. <laughs> the right and the wrong. In truth, there's always two views. Your view and my view. And neither of them really may be right. Neither of them may be wrong. Or both of them may be right and both of them may be wrong. I want to submit to you, that in this particular case, both were right and both were wrong. Paul was right in his head. I can hear Paul saying, now. Now, Barney, Barney, you remember, Jesus said, no man putting his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. We can't put up with lack of commitment. Lack of trust. Paul was right in his head. We can't put up with John Mark because John Mark came with us. He started with us, but he didn't finish with us. But Barnabas was right in his heart. Nobody's perfect. Everyone makes mistakes, and the Lord is the Lord of second chances. Hallelujah. How many of you can say hallelujah to the Lord God being the Lord of second chances? Hallelujah. <laughs> Stand up and shout. That's a, that's a glory to God. He was right in his heart. But they were both wrong as well. Barnabas, you see, was characterized with kindness. He was a kind individual. <laughs> we say, well... A kind individual, man, how how can that be wrong? Because there's a danger in kindness. The danger is in personality like Barnabas is to become soft. And when you feel so strongly about something, the tendency is to overreact and move in the direction of stubbornness. And that's what Barney did. He moved into the direction of stubbornness and he would not budge. Paul was wrong. Now it, it, it causes me great consternation to say that the Apostle Paul was wrong. He's one of my heroes. But as I look at this and understand Paul and come to understand Barnabas, I understand also Paul was wrong. Paul was a firm individual. (laughs) The danger of this kind of personality is to become harsh and unwielding, unkind to those that don't agree with you. 
and don't live up to your expectations of them. That was Paul. And he was wrong. John Mark did not live up to his expectations. But was John Mark to be thrown away? Was John Mark one to just be given up on? No. But the good thing about Paul and Barnabas is they shake hands and the scripture says the contention was so sharp they parted company. Now, I don't know whether they shook hands or not. doesn't say so in the scriptures, but they did go in the same gospel with the same word of God and spreading the word of God as they had before, even though they went with different people. It's sad and it's painful, yet it's true to life. It's true to life. It's reality. And to deny it is, is to just simply be lying. When we sent out letters to those that haven't been here for years, it wasn't to hurt them, it was simply to bring them back into the fold, hopefully. And every time a church, and through 53, 50 plus years of ministry, we've done it, I've done it, the church we've been in, we've done it to try and get back those who seem to have dropped by the wayside. It wasn't to hurt them. It was to bring them back into the fold. But inevitably and invariably, it is always read by those who are outside and who've stopped attending church that we don't like them anymore. We don't want them anymore. We're doing something that's going to hurt them. And churches are destroyed. Lives are hurt. Character is destroyed by this thing here called the tongue. James says it kills people, murders people. And the sad truth of the fact is, as Christians, we should be concerned for our brothers and sisters who fall away. And the will of God goes undone most of the time when this type thing right here happens. The good thing about the Apostle Paul, one of the reasons why he is still one of my heroes, was that while he was in prison, Paul requested John Mark to come to him and for Dr. Luke to bring him with him, because he said, he is profitable for me. Isn't it grand and glorious that God leads his dear children along the pathways of life, and that we can change in our minds, in our hearts, and in our lives our personality, our characteristics can change. What is the solution? How can we see from John, uh, from, from Barnabas and Paul 
a solution. The solution was that Barnabas took John Mark and they sailed to Cyprus. Paul chose Silas and they set off on their second missionary journey. What became of the situation was instead of one group going out, instead of one team of missionaries, there were two teams of missionaries. Instead of one team sharing the gospel, there were two teams now sharing the gospel in different ways, in different directions, in different places. God had increased over a contentious argument, disagreement, different personalities. God used it to strengthen and expand, expand, excuse me, his purposes. Sometimes it's needed for us to get out of those ivory towers and go forward with the Lord and do his work and will. Because of this, there was spirit-filled leadership. We must remember as the church of Jesus Christ, our task and our responsibility is to be on mission with the Lord Jesus Christ. It is to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's to get people saved. It's to see people saved and to disciple them. Right now, probably some of you are enjoying open doors in your life. Things are going well. Opportunities are coming your way. Others of you may be finding that there are closed doors. Restlessness. It isn't fair is in your mind and your heart. But the truth of the matter is that you have to keep in your mind that God knows and God is in charge. And it's easy for me to stand up here and say that. It's easy for you to either sit out there or stand out there with somebody else and tell them the same thing. God's in charge. Don't, don't worry about it. When you're hurting like crazy, you feel down and out, and you really don't know. But I can tell you, Last Wednesday night, we're studying the book of James. And in, uh, in our studies, we've, we are, we've just gotten to, to the four verses, first four verses of James 1. And, uh, and we're talking about the trials and tribulations. And James says, count it all joy when you fall into various trials and tribulations. And so we were looking at that. We are talking about that Wednesday night. And I said, you know, that you just you just need to be aware that that uh, in studying this now and and going into this, Satan is going to be after you that much more. You're going to experience much more trials and tribulations coming your way. Wednesday morning, I get up, and a trial hits us in the face. Thursday morning, get up, another trial hits us in the face. Thursday afternoon, another trial. Hits us in the face. And, and it came to my mind. I'm preaching to the choir. <laughs> I'm preaching to myself. Listen to what you say. 
So it's the same thing with all of us. We say God's in control. If we believe God's in control, then act like God's in control. Leave it to Him. Paul and Silas in verse, in, in uh, chapter 16 stood at the westernmost tip of Troas looking at a string of closed doors. They were looking for God to open a door and they were not disappointed. They found spirit-filled opportunities. Look at chapter 16 in verses 1 through 5. Then he came to Derby and Lystra. And behold, a certain disciple was there named Timothy, the son of a certain Jewish woman who believed, but his father was Greek. He was well spoken of by the brethren who were at Lystra and Iconium, and Paul wanted to take him with him, and he took him and circumcised him because of the Jews who were in that region, for they all knew that his father was Greek, Gentile. And as they went through the cities, they delivered to them the the decrees to keep, which were determined by the apostles and elders at Jerusalem. So the churches were strengthened in the faith and increased in the number daily. Spirit-filled opportunities. Here, the apostle Paul and Silas, traveling back to the churches in Derby and Lystra and Iconium, were preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. Spirit-filled opportunities. The Holy Spirit of God was upon them, and the Holy Spirit of God was leading them to those open doors. Now, we've also seen that there were closed doors. God will close a door where He doesn't want us or will not allow us to go. The basis of Gentile salvation is grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. And that's what we must preach. In verses 1 through 3, Timothy, as a young preacher, Paul took him under his wing. Uh, Paul said, don't let, to Timothy, don't let people look down on your youth. Youthfulness is something that is uh, a desire within all of us today, and especially those of youth, those of youth want to have a little bit more knowledge. They want to be a little bit older. I remember being there. So I can say that in truth. I wanted to be a little bit older in wisdom, but stay the young age that I was. The unfortunate aspect, it didn't come automatically. And by the way, it was a 16-year-old preaching the gospel message that I responded to the call of God upon my life. God uses young people. Evan Roberts was 21 years old when he led the Welsh revivals. Charles Spurgeon in his early 20s when he built the building that seated 5,000 people. God uses young people. So take that to heart. Winning people to the Lord. Verse 5, So the churches were strengthened in the faith and increased in number daily. The most important thing we do as a believer, as a Christian, is to lead a person to Jesus Christ. 
Now, we're not charged with saving anyone. We are charged with giving a witness. We are charged with giving our testimony. We are charged with spreading the gospel, telling people what Jesus has done for us. We aren't charged with getting them saved. I used to think that, man, that's, that's, my, that's my job. Get you saved, get you saved. So I've got to meet every question you have, every reservation that you have, every reason that you put off to come up with something to say to get you saved. But that's not it at all. My responsibility is to share the gospel. It's up to the Holy Spirit to do the leading. That's why it's Spirit-filled opportunities. And whenever the Holy Spirit is at work in a person's life and God is drawing them, that person will generally come to faith in Jesus Christ. Proverbs tells us, He that winneth souls is wise. Jesus said, I didn't come for the well... I came for those who are sick. I came to seek and to save that which was lost. Jesus is concerned for the lost. That should be our concern as well. They experience spirit-filled opportunities. They also experience spirit-filled operation. Look at verses 6 and 8, 6 through 8. Now when they had gone through Phrygia, and the region of Galatia, they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia. See, closed doors. Closed doors. After they had come to Mysia, they tried to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit did not permit them. So passing by Mysia, they came to Troas. So, Spirit-filled opposition and Spirit-filled operation. When the Holy Spirit of God is at work in our lives, He will direct our pathway to those open doors and to those closed doors. He will let us know these are closed doors. That's not where I want you. It's not the direction to go in. Paul and Silas and Timothy and Luke encounter closed doors. It's going to happen in our life. Sometimes God closes the door. In this case, it was God closing the door to speaking in Asia, Phrygia, Galatia, entering Mysia. God's timing is perfect. If God is in control, we need to leave Him in control and let Him control everything. So we have Spirit-filled opportunities. We also have spirit-filled operation as the Holy Spirit of God is at work in Paul and Silas' life. But they also experience spirit-filled open doors in verses 9 and 10. And a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia stood and pleaded with him, saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. Now, after he had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go to Macedonia, concluding that the Lord had called us to preach the gospel to them. The people in Macedonia were Greeks, were Gentiles, not Jews. We know Paul was the apostle 
to the Gentiles. God directs His children along life's pathway. God directs them to open doors, to another plan. We don't know how long they were in Troas, but it was while they were there that God opened the door in Macedonia. The vision. Proverbs 29, 18 says, Where there is no vision, the people perish. Or, as I like to say, where there is no vision, people run around like a chicken with his head chopped off. Some of you are aware of that illustration of years ago. <clears throat> I, could, I could tell you, but I won't go into that. It's before we're eating lunch. In the night, God gave a vision to the Apostle Paul and he opened the door to Paul and Silas and Timothy sharing the gospel in Macedonia. I want you to hear me very clearly that God sometimes will not allow us in different places. He closes those doors. He allows those doors to be closed. There are those times in which it isn't God closing the door, it's man closing the door. But even when man closes the door, God is in control. And He knows where we are, what He's doing and wants us to do. And so He opens up another door. Or even a window for us to go in and to do what He's called us to do to begin with. God still gives leaders those open doors of opportunities. Those Spirit-filled, Spirit-led opportunities of open doors to go in, go through, to do what He wants us to do. From Troas to Philippi of Macedonia, Paul and Silas were faithful. Timothy were faithful. People were saved. Look at verses 11 through 15 in chapter 16. For sailing from Troas, we ran a straight course to Samoth Rays, and the next day came to Neapolis. From there to Philippi, which is the foremost city of, of that part of Macedonia, a colony. And we were staying in that city for some days. And on the Sabbath day, we went out of the city to the riverside, where prayer was customarily made, and we sat down and spoke to the women who met there. See, he opened doors, and, and, and they spoke to the women there. Now, a certain woman named Lydia heard us. She was a seller of purple from the city of Thyatira, who worshipped God. The Lord opened her heart to, <coughs> excuse me, to heed the things spoken by Paul. And when she and her household were baptized, she begged us, saying, If you have judged me faithful to the Lord, come to my house and stay. So she persuaded us. So they went to Lydia's house, and they stayed there, dwelt there, and shared the gospel there. In verses 16 through 34, not only was it Lydia in, in Philippi of, of, of Macedonia, but it was also the Philippian jailer in verses 16 through 34 that um, uh, was saved. And uh, gloriously, Paul and Silas ministered to. Why? Because God opened doors of opportunity. Why? Go all the way back 
to the last part of chapter 15 because they were faithful even in a disagreement, even in an argument, even in difference of opinion, even in difference of personalities. God uses all people. None of us are without God's ability to use if God wants to use us. The point is that we need to present ourselves to Him to be used. God can use anybody. Listen, if God can use Don Cashwell, He can use you. And He wants to use you. That's that's the glorious thing. I've seen people's lives changed. Not because of me, but because of the Holy Spirit of God. And the power of the gospel. There is power in this word. There is power in the name of Jesus. And Jesus wants you and me to use this Word, to avail ourselves of this Word, to know this Word, and know Him, and to make Him known. Even in our disagreements. Now, we don't necessarily have to split, but we need to be aware of what God and where God is is opening those doors and then go through those doors. Don't stay here in these ivory towers. It's, it's wonderful to be here. It's wonderful to come together to worship. It's wonderful to lift up the name of Jesus. It's wonderful to praise the Lord. It's wonderful. I mean, it's wonderful to eat together. Baptists eat together. Baptists don't know a whole lot of it. We may be splitting, we may be disagreeing, but we're going to eat. But listen, we don't have to split or at least be amiable in the disagreements to work together to spread the gospel. You go your way, I'll go mine. And I'll share the gospel where I go. You share the gospel and take the gospel where you go. Don't Center on and focus on putting the others down and running them down. Because you know what you're doing when you do that? You're running yourself down. And you're running our Lord down. Our precious Lord. Bow with me. God leads His dear children along along the road, even in disagreements. And He opens doors of opportunity. Spirit-filled opportunity. Spirit-filled operation of the Holy Spirit. And Spirit-filled open doors. Folks, that's what, 
That's what Jesus has given Corinth Baptist Church. Spirit-filled opportunities. Spirit-filled operation when we yield to Him and Spirit-filled open doors as we are submissive to go where He wants us to go, do what He wants us to do. I want to ask you today, are you surrendered to the Holy Spirit of God in your life? As a Christian, as a child of God, are you submissive, surrendered to the Holy Spirit using you wherever, however He desires through open doors? And I want to call you to make a decision in your life today to go further with Him wherever, however He would lead you. And if you've not surrendered to Him, I want to call upon you today to come down here, at least to the altar. If you don't come to me, come to the altar and recommit your life to Jesus and submit to him to no matter how the Holy Spirit leads, whether it's in times of disagreement or not, but to follow him today and through the rest of your life. And if you've never trusted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I want to call you to place your faith in Him today. And just simply walking this aisle and saying, Pastor Don, I, I just I want to I want to trust the Lord Jesus as my Savior and Lord today. I want to give up the fight and surrender to Him. You come today. Father, your word we proclaimed. And Lord, we've seen several of your chosen disciples, apostles, primary spreaders of the gospel in the early days disagree. In fact, we've seen them split from their relationship, but they went out carrying the gospel, sharing the gospel, spreading the gospel, and later they came back together, reunited together. Lord God, that's, that's what we want to be able to be, reunited if there's any with that disagreement today. But Lord, we want to surrender to you today as well. Fully, faithfully, serving you and going through those open doors of opportunities. So touch us, minister to us, and call us to yourself today. In Jesus' name. Amen.